And Father, we're here to meet with you. And God, right now, we just ask that you'd speak to us individually today. God, speak to us by your spirit, what we need to hear from you, Father. God, we just lean in and press into you and say, have your way in our lives today, in Jesus' name. And everyone said, amen. amen. Well, we have been doing this series here at Chick Connection entitled She's Off to Boot Camp because we have been getting back to some of the basic training to help us navigate life and navigate this daily battle between the spirit and our flesh. Anybody realize there is that battle going on daily? Yes. All right. And so we've got to get good at navigating that and choosing to live according to the spirit rather than according to our flesh, which we like to live by because it feels good to our flesh, right? And so this has all been about how can we get really good at choosing to live according to the Spirit. So we've talked about a lot of different things throughout this series. And the last couple weeks, we've been talking about some of the traps that the enemy sets for us along the way. And that we need to be women who recognize his traps so that we don't fall into them. And we talked about the trap of offenses a couple weeks ago and last week we talked about the trap of insecurity and this week although there are many other types of traps we're not going to talk about other specific traps because you know what there are so many types of traps that the enemy would try to set for us because he knows what things we would lean towards what things we might give into what things we might be susceptible to getting caught in and so he's just good at setting traps but the thing is, we can recognize his traps because they always have two very distinguishing features. And that's what I want us to start out talking about this morning. No matter what his trap is, it will always have these two distinguishing features. And if we can grab a hold of these things and understand them, then we will recognize his trap no matter what it is. All right? So two things that characterize traps of the enemy First of all, they're always filled with lies. And a lie is anything that's contrary to God's word, that doesn't line up with God's word. And secondly, they're always designed to put focus right here on self. Okay? So let's think about that for a moment. Let's just walk that out. Okay, we talked about the trap of offenses. If someone does something that doesn't sit well with us, that we don't like, is it their actual action that is the offense that creates the offense? No, it's actually what we believe about that. Because if someone who we love dearly and who we know just, um, you know, wasn't thinking, just, just did something without meaning to harm us, we would easily forgive them because we know, oh, they didn't mean that. But if the enemy can get us to believe something different about it, to believe that they meant that, that they had malicious intent, that they meant to hurt us, they meant to bring harm into our life, or he might try to get us to think that 
they're doing that to us because I'm worthless, because I have no value. Whatever he can get us to believe about that is what would cause us to pick up the offense. So it starts with that lie. So we've got to recognize, even with offenses, you see how it starts? There's a lie involved, and then it always causes us to fix the focus right here. Poor me. I can't believe they did that to me. And the focus becomes right here when we pick up an offense. So you see how it's got those two characteristics? What about the trap of insecurities? Again, there's always the lie. You're not good enough. You're not pretty enough. You're not worthy. You're worthless. There's always the lie. And then it always fixes our focus right here. What are other people thinking about me? Right? You see how there's always those two components in his traps? Think about Eve for a moment. First people created on the earth, and the enemy comes to Eve in the form of a serpent and says to her, whispers a lie to her, telling her that what God said, that wasn't true. Don't believe him. You can eat the fruit of that tree. Don't believe what God says. And in fact, if you eat the fruit of that tree, you will become like God. He lied to her, and he caused her to turn her eyes right here onto herself to think about oh, how great she could become, what great prominence she could have. You see how the enemy works? All of his traps are filled with lies and cause us to focus right here. And we've just got to recognize that, get really good at recognizing the traps from the enemy. Girls, he is so predictable. This is exactly what he did with the very first woman who walked on this earth. And it's the same thing he does today. His tactics haven't changed at all. He is so predictable. So we've just got to get good at recognizing those things. And we've got to get good at knowing the word, knowing what God's word says. Because if we're in the word and we're confident of what God says, what his word says, then you know what happens when that lie comes? It sets off a siren. It's like a red flag waving because we're in the word. We know what the word says, and that's contrary to the word of God. And it causes us to stop and refuse to jump in and get caught in that trap. So we've just got to know. Know what his tactics are and know that those things are going to come. We are going to encounter those things. He is going to try to get us caught in his traps. It's part of life. He did it with the first woman who walked on this earth. And do you know, he even tried it with Jesus when Jesus walked on the earth. He tried this very same tactic with Jesus when Jesus was in the wilderness. It says that he was fasting 40 days, 40 nights. And then the enemy came to him. And if you read it, it says... And then he was hungry. Jesus was hungry after fasting 40 days. And then the enemy came. You know what? He knows when our weak spots are. He knows when we're vulnerable. And so we've got to make sure that we stay on guard, that we stay in the word. And so the enemy comes to Jesus. Like, really? You're going to try to lie to Jesus? But he did. And, and he 
tempts Jesus with these different things, and then he says, look out over all the kingdoms, and if you bow down and worship me, all these kingdoms will be yours. I'll give you all these kingdoms. Well, <laughs> first of all, what a lie that he could do that. He's trying to separate Jesus from the Father. He's trying to pull him away because Jesus and the Father are one. So Jesus is here to accomplish the Father's purposes on the earth. And, but he's trying to separate him from God and say, I'll give you all these kingdoms. He's trying to get Jesus to get his focus off of the Father and put his focus right on himself. He's speaking lies to him and trying to get him to focus here. Wow, like Jesus is going to go for that? <laughs> no, and he just comes back at the enemy with the word. So girls, if he's going to try it on Jesus, we can count assured that he's going to try it on us. So it's okay. It's part of life. That's his nature. That's what he does. He's a liar and he's the father of lies. So we've just got to recognize it and learn how to recognize what his traps are, come back at him with the word, and just keep on going forward and just kick him out of our way. Amen? Yeah. All right. So let's get good at recognizing those things and refuse to get caught in them. Now, throughout this series, we've talked about a lot of different things that we need to know, that we need to be aware of, things that we need to allow to work in our lives in order to be that well-trained warrior in battle so that we can choose to live according to the spirit rather than according to the flesh. When we choose to live according to the flesh, what happens? It causes us to live that outside-in life that we've talked about, where external circumstances, things happening around us, situations, things people do, people say, all the stuff going on around us determines what happens in here, determines our peace, our joy, determines our words, our attitudes, our actions. That's the kind of life we live when we choose to live after the flesh. But when we choose to live according to the Spirit, it causes us to live an inside-out life. Somebody over here was brave enough to say it. An inside-out life. Everyone say it. An inside-out life. That's the life God wants us to live, where his spirit transforms us on the inside and dictates how we then respond to whatever's going on externally around us. Circumstances, things that happen, things that people say. When his spirit transforms us, none of those things will rattle us. None of those things steal our joy, rob our peace because those things are solid and secure in us, and those will dictate how we walk through the challenges of life. So we can know that, and know that up here, think, okay, that's all good, and yes, I want to live that kind of life, but then what happens? The rubber meets the road. We find ourselves in the middle of situations where our emotions want to get the best of us, right? Anybody ever have a situation where your emotions wanted to get the best of you? Anybody have a situation this past week where your emotions wanted to get the best of you? 
Wow, there's like one honest table here. <laughs> Anybody ever had a situation, maybe even this morning, where your emotions wanted to get the best of you? It happens. We encounter all kinds of situations. And so when we're in the heat of that moment, that emotional moment, we might think, okay, is it, is it really a big deal? Is it really a big deal? Do I have to stop and sort this out? Do, do, do I choose, choose the spirit and die to my flesh? Or do I choose my flesh and lash out and be, be a wreck and fall apart and scream at someone? And, and does it really matter? Because I really want to scream at someone right now. Is it okay? Is it really going to matter? No, I'm just going to scream. <laughs> now, it all happens so fast that we don't realize that's the dialogue going in our mind. <laughs> Sometimes in the heat of the moment, we're like, does it really matter? Because I just need to scream right now. Can I just tell you, girls? Yeah, it really matters. And you know why? I want us to talk today about the why. Why does it matter so much? Why are we spending all these weeks talking about this so that we can get really good at choosing to live according to the spirit rather than according to the flesh? It does really matter. And let's see why. You know, when we choose to live according to the Spirit, it brings incredible freedom into our lives because it actually causes us to be able to live out the verses that we find in James chapter 1. Those verses that some of you might have wanted at some point to scratch out of your Bible. <laughs> in James 1 verse 2, it says, Consider it wholly joyful, my brethren, whenever you are enveloped in or encounter trials of any sort or fall into various temptations. Anybody jump up and down with joy and excitement when a challenge comes your way? Not usually. But you know what? We may not be jumping up and down, but we don't have to lose our joy when a challenge comes our way. We can find joy even in the midst of it. We don't have to lose our joy when challenges come. And then the next verse, verse 3, it says, Be assured and understand that the trial and proving of your faith bring out endurance and steadfastness and patience. We can have joy if we take on that perspective that, wow, this challenge, this is an opportunity to prove my faith. This is an opportunity to bring out the endurance, the steadfastness, the patience, those things that are part of God's character that are in me because his spirit is in me. This is my opportunity to let those things pour through me. And if we take on that perspective, we choose to live according to the spirit, that's what will happen. Those things pour out of us. And then verse 4, it says, But let endurance and steadfastness and patience have full play and do a thorough work so that you may be people perfectly and fully developed with no defects, lacking nothing. In the original writing, it's really talking there about coming to a place of maturity. You see, when we choose to live according to the Spirit, it brings us to that place of maturity where we have his joy on the inside. 
where challenges, things might be going on, raging around us, but we're walking through it with joy. We're not falling apart. God wants every one of us to be continually growing, continually maturing. And I believe this is a room full of women who want to be continually growing and maturing. That's why it's so important that we choose to live according to his spirit. You see, when we cooperate with God, we let his word transform us on the inside. And then we'll begin to see it happening. We'll begin to see ourselves making those right choices. And it's so exciting because that means we're maturing. We're growing in him. But you know, it's not anything to become prideful over. Sometimes we can see growth in ourselves. And isn't it exciting? It's like, yes, I chose the spirit in that situation. I didn't give in to my flesh. I didn't give in. I bit my tongue. I didn't say what I wanted to say. I prayed for them instead. I was upset and I went to the word and God spoke to me instead of me lashing out. You know, when we make those right choices, it's so exciting. But we can't get prideful over that because it's God's spirit at work within us. Listen to what it says in 2 Corinthians 3 and verse 18. It says, but we all with unveiled face, beholding as in a mirror the glory of the Lord, are being transformed into the same image from glory to glory, just as by the Spirit of the Lord. Through God's word, we are being transformed. It is a continual process, more and more into God's image by his Spirit. He is the one doing this in our lives. We just have to allow him, just have to let him do it. And in the original writing, that word glory in this verse, you know what it really means? It means honor, praise, splendor, brightness, majesty, all belonging to Christ. Okay? And then it also means the perfect inward personal excellency of Christ, apparent externally. So when we choose to live according to the Spirit. His glory is seen. His light shines through us. It is seen. It's not us that's seen. It's Him that is seen. The work that He is doing on the inside of us radiates and shines forth through us. And it changes what others see and experience when they encounter us. It's a work that's done by his spirit for his glory, not for ours. And it says that we go from glory to glory. What does that really mean? Have you ever wondered what does that really mean? We go from glory to glory. Let's think about that for a moment. You know, throughout this series, as we've talked about different things, I've shared with you bits and pieces from my life and things that God's done in my life. So, and it, all of us can think about our own lives in this way, but I'll just use my life as an example. So as I shared with you, being a Christian, but then in my um, very young adult years, God spoke to me and spoke so clearly to my heart that shyness was selfishness. And that was such a revelation to me. And so that light bulb went off. 
and God's word began transforming me on the inside. And I began changing the way I lived. I started looking up and looking at people rather than looking at the ground all the time. I started talking to people. And the glory of God, his nature, his goodness, who he is, then was able to flood out of me to a fuller degree than ever before. And so that's, that's an, um, an occasion of his glory coming through us. When he works in us, it's to come through us. So we are in that place of his glory being seen in us. And then do I just stay there? Oh, isn't that great? I'm going to stay in this place of glory. No, we can't stay there forever. We go on. We move forward. And then we come to the next thing. And maybe there's an occasion where I really want to lash out at someone and retaliate. And no. I'm going to bite my tongue. I'm going to come to God. I'm going to give this attitude to God. I'm going to let him transform my thinking so I can love this person. And he works on the inside. And then his glory is seen through me to a fuller degree than previously. So he took me from glory to glory. And now we go day by day, different things growing in him. And then coming to a place where I shared with you about that place of going through a, just such a challenging time in life. We're experiencing great betrayal and feeling like, I don't know what to do in this place. I want to cave in. I want to give up. But then realizing, no, God, I know you want me to forgive. So I'm going to forgive. I need your help, but I'm going to forgive. And then as that release comes and that forgiveness comes, then God can be seen through me even more than before. His glory is released. And then you go forward. And then as good as you thought you were forgiven, as good as I thought I was forgiven, then you have those days of that unforgiveness popping back up again. And then what? Do you stop? Do you have to start all over and go back to zero? No. But we, the enemy would like to get us to stop here, to cave in, to feel like a failure. But God says, no, come on, sweetheart. And he said to me, there's a deeper level of forgiveness I want to take you to. And I shared that with you a few weeks ago. And then he does that transforming work on the inside. And then he's able to show himself through me, to pour his love through me more than previously, going from glory to glory to glory. Do you see what I mean? That's the way it should be in all of our lives. If we are growing in God, we will be going from glory to glory to glory, not a place where, oh, look at me. Give me all the glory. Aren't I great? No, a place where God is seen, where his glory is seen through our lives because he's working in us. Make sense? All right. <laughs> I want to be continually growing, going forward with God, going from glory to glory to glory as long as I am on this earth. Don't you? Why does God want his glory to be seen in our lives? Is it just so that we'll mature? Is it just so that we can say, I'm going from glory to glory to glory? No. It is always, always, always about others. It will always impact the lives of others around us. 
You see, we are part of a much bigger plan, a much bigger picture than most of us even realize. We just read that verse at the end of 2 Corinthians 3. And then as we go into chapter 4, I want you to listen to these verses. Starting in verse 6, it says, For God who said, let there be light in darkness, has made this light shine in our hearts so we could know the glory of God that is seen in the face of Jesus Christ. We now have this light shining in our hearts, but we ourselves are like fragile clay jars containing this great treasure. This makes it clear that our great power is from God, not from ourselves. His light is in us, and he wants it to shine through us. We're just these earthly vessels. And then he continues in the very next verse to show us how his light can be seen, when his light can be seen. Verse 8, it says, We are pressed on every side by troubles, but we are not crushed. We are perplexed, but not driven to despair. We are hunted down, but never abandoned by God. We get knocked down, but we are not destroyed. Through suffering, our bodies continue to share in the death of Jesus so that the life of Jesus may also be seen in our bodies. We may go through things. We may go through some really difficult challenges in life. And we will. The Bible tells us that challenges will come. But what we do in the midst of those things is so important. And if we choose to die to our flesh, we're sharing in that death of Jesus so that his life can be seen through us, so that his light that he's put within us can shine through us. When people see us facing the challenges of life without caving in, without giving up, without lashing out, without being destroyed, without being driven to despair, without turning from God, but instead standing strong, standing confident in him, sure in our faith, unharmed, what happens? The light of God shines through us so brightly, and his glory is seen. You know, God works good in all kinds of situations. And we always think about God can work good in, even in the most difficult situation. One of the ways God works good in those situations is through us, letting his light shine through us in the midst of difficulty so that others can see his light. When his light that has already shone in the darkness of our heart can shine through us, it will shine into the darkness in someone else's life and bring his light. When God, his goodness, his nature is seen through us, it is so incredibly powerful. What can happen in someone else's life? And so often we don't even realize other people are seeing that. Other people are watching how we're responding to the challenges of life. You know, in Romans 2, 4, it says that the goodness of God leads 
us to repentance. And we most often talk about that verse in light of putting love into action and, and doing acts of kindness for others. And it is so great to be able to put his love into action in those ways. But you know what? There is so much more to that verse. You see, when we allow the goodness of God to be at work in us, transforming us, it works from the inside out. And then that's what is seen. And that's what is poured through our lives onto others and has the power to impact and change other people's lives. Other people are watching our lives. They're watching how we respond. They're watching whether we choose to live according to the Spirit or choose to live according to the flesh. She says she's a Christian, but how she lives just doesn't quite add up. They're watching how we live. God designed us to live inside-out lives. You know, when I see people going through the biggest challenges of life with strong faith and assurance in God, that preaches a louder message than anything else. You know that? Our lives are preaching to others, sharing the gospel with others around us. When we choose to die to the flesh in the midst of challenges and choose to live according to the Spirit, it's a demonstration of God's goodness being lived out in our lives. And His goodness then pours out of us into their lives, drawing them to Him. I have a friend who was going through a cancer battle. And her body was weak, she was in pain, and she would go weekly for her chemo treatments. And when she would go for those treatments, there would be a lot of other people there for their treatments as well. And she would always have great stories of what she would do when she arrived for her treatments. How she would go in and encourage the others and just be a light to them. It's amazing. You think about the pain that she was in, the suffering within her own body, the mental turmoil in that place, your eyes would want to be on yourself and feeling sorry for yourself and feeling the pain. But she chose to take her eyes off of herself, to take her eyes off of her circumstances and allow God to flood through her, that light of God within her. She chose to let flood through her unto others, encouraging them, being the light and the bright spot in their day. How awesome is that? What an incredible way to let God shine through us. And if she could do it in those situations, I think we could do it when the kids forget their lunch and it messes up your agenda. <laughs> I think we could do it when our husbands say something to us that wasn't quite what we were hoping they were going to say in that moment. If we die to our flesh, it releases God's light to shine through us. Ladies, that's what we're here for. Life is not about us. Everybody say that. Life is not about me. The transformation that God wants to do in us, it's not really about us. We exist to fulfill his purposes on the earth. We exist to make him known, to make him bigger, to be vessels through which he can flow to draw others to him. 
And the more we allow him to transform us on the inside, the more he will be seen through us. Every time we choose to live according to the spirit rather than according to the flesh, we make one more step in that transformation process. This battle between the spirit and the flesh is walked out one step at a time, one choice at a time. So when we choose to replace those negative thoughts with God's word, we're allowing his spirit to transform us a little bit more. When we choose to take authority over our emotions and just stop and worship God, we take one more step in our transformation process. When we choose to bite our tongue, when we choose to forgive, when we choose to let that hurtful situation just slide right off our back rather than holding on to it, we're taking more steps in our transformation process so that God can be seen more and more, so that other people's lives around us can see him through us more and more and be drawn to him. Ladies, our minds have to be renewed. It's a process. We have to have that renewing, that transformation process in order for him to be seen. You know, we have thousands of thoughts. We talked about this several weeks back. Thousands of thoughts bombarding our mind day and even night. Sometimes we wake up in the night with a million thoughts in our mind. And our minds have had lots of practice at following after the ways of our fleshly, sinful nature, right? So this transformation process, it's a reprogramming, really, of our minds, getting them to think as God thinks. Is it impossible? No, it's not impossible. Is it difficult at times? Is it challenging at times? Does it make our flesh uh, brussel its feathers? I don't think that's the right expression, but you know what I mean. At times, sure, it does. But it's not impossible, and we can do it with God. And we've just got to be women who recognize that people are on the other side of our choices. People are on the other side of our daily choices. They're watching. They're being impacted. Are we letting them see God? So girls, when you feel like giving in to your flesh, when you feel like lashing out, when you feel like quitting, when you feel like giving in, don't do it. When you feel like giving up, don't do it. Don't quit now. God's taking you from glory to glory to glory. Don't stop now. There's far more ahead. And he wants his spirit to flood through you more than ever before. In Galatians 6, in verse 9, it says, And let us not lose heart and grow weary and faint in acting nobly and doing right. For in due time and at the appointed season we shall reap if we do not loosen and relax our courage and faint. Girls, be courageous. Don't faint. When those choices come, when your flesh wants to win, stop. Be courageous. Choose to follow after the Spirit rather than after your flesh. In Isaiah 43, in verse 2, it says, When you pass through the waters, I will be with you. 
and through the rivers, they will not overwhelm you. When you walk through the fire, you will not be burned or scorched, nor will the flame kindle upon you, for I am the Lord your God. God is with you. He is for you. He is right there to help you every step of the way. He's there to give you strength to make that choice. We just need to be willing. We just need to cooperate with him, to let him daily transform us on the inside more and more and more so that he can be seen. Don't give up now, girls. Don't stop. God's wanting to do so much more through us. That's why this is so important that we learn to navigate this battle successfully, that we learn to get really good at choosing the spirit over the flesh. Other people are on the other side of our choices. Don't stop. Don't quit. Don't give up. All right? Every day is a new day. Even when you blow it, even when you make mistakes, get back up. His mercies are new every morning. Let's be women who choose to refuse to give up, to refuse to stop, or wait, to re, <laughs> that wasn't going to come out right, <laughs> who, who continually die to our flesh. <laughs> I was going to get tongue-tied in a double negative, sorry. Let's be women who choose to continually die to our flesh and don't ever give up. Don't ever stop going forward. God has so much he wants to do through us. That's why these choices are so important. Amen? Yeah. Father, right now, God, we just come before you. And God, we surrender to you. And Father, we just thank you for the work that you've already done and you are doing in each of our lives. And Father, we just want you to know today that we don't want to stop here. We don't want to settle for just what we have today, God. But Father, we want more. We want to be used by you more. We want you to be seen more fully in and through our lives, God. We want your spirit to pour through us, to shine your light, your glory through us into others' lives, into the darkness of their lives, that they would be drawn to you, not to us, God but to you and you alone. Father, right now, God, we just surrender to you. Ladies, just within your own heart, just, just surrender to God and just say, Father, I want to be used even more fully. I want to be transformed more fully into your image so that you can flood through me more. 